So, want to dig into the new album and tour and get your opinion on a couple things, but uh, let's get into the album to start with. Explosions just came out a few weeks ago, but uh, I'm kind of curious about the evolution of the album. I mean, you guys have kind of been on a path doing it about every three years. Did the pandemic screw up your album plans? Kind of take me back to like March of 2020. Where were you guys at with the Explosions album at that point? So we got really fortunate uh, in that in that we had you know toured so heavily in 2018 and 2019 that we had already planned on taking 2020 off uh, before the pandemic hit. So you know it didn't really upset our plans like tour plans or anything like that. So we kind of just you know we started writing a lot over Zoom, kind of collecting song ideas. We all write collaboratively. So 2020 was really about just building the material, you know, with acoustic guitars over Zoom or just sending ideas back and forth. When the, sort of it, it became apparent that 2021 was going to be a lot of the same, uh, we just started getting really creative and, and um, we started actually recording remotely. You know, our producer was in Los Angeles, but with a series of technologies, we were able to, you know, basically um, stream what we were working on with, to each other. And uh, so we could be in studios, you know, across the, on the other side of the world and still uh, be able to collaborate. And it actually, it had some advantages, you know, I uh, just, uh, we ended up kind of just switching the sequence in terms of, uh, we, you know, we recorded drums last on this album instead of recording drums first, which is kind of the norm. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so it created a little bit of a different just vibe, I think, by that. And I think it actually came out a little bit more aggressive in terms of the rhythm section because because of that, I had a lot of time to prepare and program sort of placeholder drums and bass and stuff so that when I finally got behind the drum kit, I knew exactly what, it, what I wanted to play right down to every little sort of fill or trick. And so, you know, uh, it, it, we did have to kind of, uh, you know, uh, pivot and adjust a little bit. Towards the end of making this album, we did all get together. You know, we went down to LA to consult on it and, and we did kind of land the plane all together. And so that was the, uh, that was the process and it was different, but we really made it work, you know. Interesting. Interesting to learn. So you guys that really weren't going to do anything 2020 anyways, and, and doing these Zoom recordings and the individual recordings asks the question, would you do it again then for the next album or only if you had to kind of thing? Um, no, absolutely. I, in fact, you know, I do I do quite a bit of work uh, outside of Three Days Grace as well. I'm uh, Howard Benson, the producer, is my business partner with a, with a new label called Judge and Jury Records, and we're, we're co-producing a lot of stuff together. You know, we've got, uh, we've got a star set uh, featuring Breaking Benjamin song coming out that we worked on and a lot of this was done exactly how we kind of start we streamlined the process with three days grace so we haven't really stopped but Howard and I have been making records like this since then where I'm in Toronto and he's in Los Angeles it's kind of funny but like you know when you're uh, when you've been a band as long as us it's it's kind of refreshing to do it a different way because like there's less smoke breaks you know nobody's <laughs> late and like you know there's not it's not like we're going for, out for sushi breaks every three hours you know it's it's actually in a lot of ways a little bit more efficient <laughs> Yeah, that's why I was kind of thinking, at least, you know, you can set aside that time, you know, like, all right, this is work time. This is my time to record versus just sitting around the yeah. studio picking your nose half the time or getting into trouble. Yeah, and like the, be the, be the best thing about it all is you don't have to wear pants. You know what I mean? Like you just got to wear <laughs> stuff from the waist up. You're, you know, you're ready to work. <laughs> Clothing optional. Well, I'm, I'm, I love the record, man. And I, I love the, the angst, like you had said. I mean, it's so-called life. I, I, I don't know if there is a more pandemic, perfectly written tune, because I did want to put a chainsaw <laughs> through the wall. But talk to me about that tune a little bit. Well, you know, it, the, the theme with explosions, there's a common thread that kind of rolls through a lot of the songs 
which is uh, just this sort of the notion that we all have a tipping point and a boiling over point inside of each of us. You know, it's just a human condition that everybody can only take so much and and bottle things up on the inside. That's not necessarily to do with, you know, being locked away or in isolation or anything like that. I mean, I think people feel like that regardless of uh, whether there's a pandemic going on or not. But we all have that within us. And this record really contemplates sort of how to deal with that burning on the inside when you just want to express yourself and you want to be yourself, you want to say what you want to say, do what you want to do and be who you want to be in a world that is constantly trying to influence how what you believe and what you say and censor what you're allowed to say and, and do and, and become. And I think that that's just a, a condition of the world that we live in right now where, you know, we've got things like cancel culture and, and political correctness and, you know, where people have to sort of feel like they, they self-center and that, that has an effect of like bottling up energy on the inside. And the record talks about what are you going to do about that energy? Are you going to explode and, and be who you want to be or explode in a negative way and cause a whole bunch of problems? Or uh, just like you mentioned with Soul Called Life, that talks about, hey, Give me something to take the edge off of this before I explode, you know. So I think that there's that common thread that moves through a lot of the songs on this album, Explosions. I, I love it and love so-called life. I love just as much kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, Lifetime, which you guys dedicated to the people of Mayfield, Kentucky after a big tornado. Did you have any personal connection or did that just kind of touch you, their story of that town and what happened? Um, well, actually, our guitar player, Barry, lives in southern Indiana. And, uh, you know, he's hours away from sort of the ground zero of where the tornado hit. He has some friends down there that were directly affected by it. And he also, you know... He's got a big property with acreage and he had debris actually like photos, family photos from victims of the, of, you know, people who lost their homes on his property. That's how big this tornado was. And, wow. uh, and so we just started learning about that. And, you know, there was this kind of common element where there was a lot of other stuff going on in the world. And it was like, you know, this, this horrible tragedy had, had taken place and nobody was talking about it. And so it, it was close to Barry. We decided to go down, learn more about the story. Um, you know, we asked the, the city and the mayor if it was okay, if we could come down and maybe raise some awareness on some of the challenges that they were facing. And we just thought it was, it was fitting to just uh, shine a light on something that's happening literally uh, right in our own backyard. And, uh, and so, you know, they welcomed us with open arms and we filmed the video down there. And I think that we, you know, we raised some awareness and we, you know, this tour that we're on right now, we've donated a dollar from each ticket to help some of the, some of the victims and uh, kind of uh, move past this tragedy. Oh, that's great. That's great about the ticket donation. I thought the video was enough, but a ticket donation, too, is, is even great. Great album, A Scar is Born, Neurotic. How many of these new songs are you going to fit into the live set? Uh, well, we've got a big show tonight we're playing. Right now, we're doing uh, three or four of our new songs. So it's a little bit of everything. We've got, uh, we're doing like a, an acoustic set. Uh, while we're up there. And so uh, something for everybody. The shows so far have been incredible. They started in uh, Quebec, Canada. We actually filmed that. Uh, so there's some, um, we've got like a, a good documentation of literally the first show out of the gate. It's great to be back. Three Days Race fans are as passionate as ever. There's an energy in the, in, that hasn't been here for a while. Just uh, I think people are, you know, really ready to get back out there and, uh, and, and, and see concerts and see their favorite bands. And we're just like, you know, we're having a great time already out here. 
I love it and can't wait for the show in our market. We got you August 18th at the world-famous Hollywood Palladium, and we got to talk about the openers, 0936 and Wage War. I love those guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, last night was the first show with uh, with Wage War and 0936, and, and so so far, so great. You know, we actually did some festivals with them earlier in the year, got to know them a little bit. Both of those bands are on a huge trajectory, so it's a, it's a pretty dynamic night of, of music and, and, you know, raw energy. I love it. Cannot wait for it. And you had touched on it earlier about the producing with Howard Benson and everything. And I wanted to touch on it. I love the Diamante record, American Dream, that you guys worked on. And she told me all your relationship kind of started on that Breaking Ben Three Days Grace tour. What, 2019 was it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's kind of where it all started is Howard and I decided we had worked, you know, obviously with Three Days Grace for a number of years since the since 2005. And uh and, and so we just decided, hey, let's take on another project. Uh, Howard said he's going to be producing the next Diamante record. We were on the road. You know, I, so I kind of, my role uh, a lot of the time is to just be in the weeds with the artist, with the song, and try to help make the song the best version of itself. So that's, it, it was kind of just a natural culmination of that. It went so well that uh, Howard and I just decided to keep going and, and form this company. And since then, we've... Uh, We've got, you know, we're, we're working on several artists and there's a, we've got a lot of music that you'll be hearing that's coming out quite shortly. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Great. Yeah, that was my next point. I love the Diamante. Can't wait to hear what else you to produce. I mean, it, it, Howard Benson's a legend, been around forever. And the two of you, it's a great team. Like you get the artist perspective and you can be, like you said, in the trenches with them. And then the technical side with Howard. Great, great combo. What else do we have to look? Anything you can talk about yet? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, quite a uh, quite a wide array of stuff. We we're working on uh, two new metal bands. One's called Left to Suffer. The other one's called Heirloom. Uh, we're also working with Lindsey Sterling right now, which is uh, quite a juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, the uh, Star Set Breaking Benjamin song that's coming out uh, shortly. We're we're uh, we're doing some work with Hinder right now, um, and uh, and just so we've got sort of we're spinning a lot of plates, and we've built a, a pretty cool uh, little team. And uh, we just enjoyed like the, the co-producing and, and collaboration of it is uh, really like proving to have some great results. So we're uh, yeah, the, the, you know, it's um, it takes up pretty much the rest of my time that I have. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. And, you know, uh, one other thing I wanted to touch on with you, just because it's so newsworthy and now is this Pantera tour that's coming. you got to be a Pantera fan. Any thoughts on on this? Uh, I don't know if we can't call it a reunion remembrance. A tribute i don't know yeah what i mean it. you know i think uh i there are you know within you know uh, even within my camp there are some massive uh, pantera fans um you know i think zach wild was the obvious choice for the job um and you know it, it it'll just uh, it'll be what it is and um you know i saw pantera back when they opened for blacks it was it was actually one of the coolest shows i've ever been to it was black sabbath pantera and the deftones in toronto that's the last time i wow. saw pantera that's yeah, a hell of a lineup. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see, man. It'll be uh, be very interesting to see how it uh, all plays out. And uh, would you would you hop on the drums if they come calling to you? <laughs> I would have to really sit down and you know, v- Vinny Paul is like su- su- he was he was such a, the king of groove, um, and you know, uh, so yeah, they'd be they're pretty big shoes to fill. <laughs> Let me say that. Yeah, kind of a different style of drumming compared to what you do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, you know you know three days grace. We we've gotten you know I, I do play double kick, but uh, you know I'll never be in Slayer. That's let's, let's put it that way. <laughs> 
I lo- and and do you do a, lot, a ton of singing and and even some keyboard work too behind the kit now? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, you know I, um, we we do incorporate some uh, electronic elements into our music and stuff like that. So uh, for me, I've got yeah, I've got kind of a whole world up there that's got you know I've got a, I have a piano and uh, I have actually triggers. I have foot pedals that are triggers, um, and so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a dance. It's a bit of a dance behind the drum kit. Yeah. Yeah, you're working working harder than most drummers, you know. And and I imagine too with all the the singing and keyboard playing and stuff. I imagine that's kind of why the uh, I played drums as a kid a little bit, but that's why kind of everything's so low. Like your cymbals, that's pretty right. low. Yeah. yeah, I keep everything well. That and the fact that I'm a I'm an open handed player, so I actually picture it. I'm left handed and right footed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know okay. that sounds kind of weird, but uh, so it's actually a style called open handed drumming. Yeah, um, where you basically don't cross your hands when you play. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of um, where I can kind of keep everything on a low low profile, and uh, and you know kind of keep it all done. That that's same as me, left-handed kid, but played on a right-handed set because that's all there was. Same with sports, you know, there was never a left-handed glove around, so you just learn how to play right-handed. Are you left-handed? Um, kind of, yeah. So I play golf left-handed. I play hockey left-handed, but then I throw with my right. And yeah, basically, uh, it's kind of a, I guess I'm not ambidextrous, I don't think, but I, I sometimes the hardest thing is when I'm trying to learn, you know, uh, some, something from another drummer, I have to sort of in my head, switch it around to the way that I play, which poses a bit of a challenge, but <laughs> love it. And one other drummer I got to touch upon, uh, we're one of those old school radio stations. We do mandatory Metallica every night at 10 PM, which you're going to be a part of. And imagine, uh, imagine you're a Metallica fan and kind of curious, what was the first tune you learned from them on drums? Do you remember? Oh man, I would have to say the song one, uh, but I got a Metallica story. Uh, it was like probably the one of the greatest rock moments of my life where we actually got the call to open for Metallica um, in Milan, Italy. And, uh, and so we, we played in front of 100,000 Italians and, uh, and they kicked into For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I've never seen a sea of people go crazy like I did when they kicked into that song. And, it, and we were actually on side stage, uh, Brad, our bass player and I, and we looked at each other and said, this right here is what it's all about. These, these guys, this is the biggest rock band in the world. And it was the biggest rock show we'd ever played. And it was just like the energy was electrifying. Just kicking into that bass line and seeing 100,000 Italians just start jumping was wild. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, you know, I normally get a, a, a tune pick from uh, from each guest, and I think you just named the tune that you would want, want us to play for you on Mandatory Metallica. Oh, yeah. Uh, played For Whom the Bell Tolls and crank that up. Beautiful. Thank you so much for the time and the great music, and can't wait for the show on the 18th. All right, brother. See you soon. Thanks very much, man. Thanks. Peace. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.